This is the Wealthy Retailer Podcast with your host, Dan Holman. Every episode, Dan talks with a variety of retail experts, owners, managers, and so much more, sharing their expertise, their experiences, and the retail topics that matter to you, the independent retailer. The Wealthy Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Learn more at retailbycrs.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. Uh, I am your host, Dan Holman. Uh, My guest today is what I like to refer to as a serial entrepreneur. Here's a guy that's a retailer, uh, a retail coach, an entrepreneurial coach, um, and and someone that I've been following for a long time, uh, Pete Moore, Shootopia, um, the coach. I mean, just a, a basket full of great stuff. Pete, welcome to the podcast this morning. Really, really glad to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's an absolute ple- pleasure, Dan. I mean, we've like like you said, we've been following each other. And we're back and forth a little bit and all that stuff uh, between yeah. simplifying entrepreneurship and Shootopia and all the different things that you're involved with. I think uh, there's a lot of good synergies there. I'm looking yeah. forward to a, a pretty cool conversation today, Dan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I sort of alluded to in the in the pre podcast <laughs> chat, we don't have a set agenda. We're just going to let it roll That's and see where the conversation takes us. So let's let's start. Let's use sort of um, uh, best year ever as our springboard. Great. Um, a lot of retailers are certainly feeling um, the positive benefits of the pandemic, along with some challenge. You know, we talked about some inventory challenges and a bit of disruption and flow, uh, yeah. but we're seeing our best year ever. Why? Well, um, you know, for those that are listening in Canada here where we are, uh, I think, you know, in Ontario in particular, and I know it's been different out in Alberta and what have you, but in Ontario, we were closed for so many weeks, like literally 20 some weeks, we were closed through all the pandemic and stuff. And those were at different times in different seasons. And a lot of retailers have seasonality to their business. I know in the footwear store, we certainly do uh, from that perspective. And, you know, our clients missed certain seasons. They, they literally missed them. And from that perspective, there was a lot of sort of pent up demand. We talked, we were wondering, is there going to be pent up demand, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, there was, and you know, they were, people were coming in, in the, in, in our, in our shoe stores and buying multiples. They were buying not only what they needed um, because they missed the previous season, but they're looking ahead and saying, I should probably get something looking ahead in case this happens again. So we experienced some of that through as we reopened, you know, that early portion, those first few months as we reopened and stayed open instead of been closed and open and closed and open. And I think this idea now it's sort of leveled out that hopefully we don't have another closure again. But from that perspective, a lot of a lot of seasonal sort of demand there where people had missed and skipped and, you know, they open the closet again. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't have my coat. I don't have my hat. I don't have my mitts, my shoes, whatever the case is. And a lot of buying was need based, not as much want based. And I think it's like I need I need what I need and I want something as opposed right. to just, you know, in Canada, we're pretty lucky. Most people can get what they want, you know, f- you know, for the most part. And, you know, 
it was more of a case of need. People were coming in literally with, with holes in their boots and their shoes. And they're like, I, I, I couldn't get anything last year and nothing was available online and blah, 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 for whatever reason. And, and they're literally taking them off in the store saying, can you throw these out for me? I'm just going to wear my new ones out. So, uh, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of interest for people to get back in stores. I mean, mm-hmm. online shopping has certainly taken its boom. And as, as you talk a lot about on your um, uh, podcast and all that sort of stuff, and we've experienced some of that growth, but um, you know, people want to, come in. And I mean, that's the beauty of independent retail, right? We have the conversations, we see our friends, we, you know, it's like, we know you, they know us, we're having this conversation, it's good to see you again. And by the way, I need some stuff. And can you help me out and works out pretty good. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's, there is um, some, some, not just legitimacy, but some absolute requirement for people to to want to get back into stores. We are a social being. And as, as, you know, great as the numbers look that come from, um, you know, Shopify and Retail Council of Canada and how much money was spent online. And, you know, just as many people wanted to get back into stores and we sure. saw great traffic. And and I think maybe one of the things that we've seen as maybe traffic doesn't get back to, you know, those big numbers that we were maybe used to mm-hmm. pre, you know, 2020, yep. early 20. Yep. We're seeing better conversion today. People are buying more with purpose, which allows our stores to perform a little bit better. So let me go back to our best year ever. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, you know that our best year ever is the exact same as our worst year ever. It creates new challenge for us as entrepreneurs. It it creates um, opportunity for us to grow and learn as we break through another ceiling. What, what challenges as an entrepreneurial leader have you had to overcome in the last 12 months have you, as you've watched business regain momentum here? You know, there's always challenges for every leader. And what I like to do around and wrap around that sort of stuff is, is I, I try and, and allow myself the opportunity to... Um, control the controllables in a way so that I can deal with the uncontrollables more than the rest of my team. And when, you know, allowing myself the opportunity, and what I mean by that is the things that I can actually delegate, I do. Uh, And the things that, you know, all of those things that what I call sort of the business as usual, as much of that sort of stuff that I can take off of my plate, I already have, and I have systems and processes in place that allow that to happen where I'm really on the dashboard for the red flags on that. And I don't really need to know about the green and the yellow flag so much because I have accountabilities in place that allow that sort of stuff to happen with the rest of my awesome team. Uh, And from, from that side of things, I get to deal whether you like that or not, but my life, it revolves around those things that are a little more uncontrollable and a little more sort of, um, you know, at the moment, let's say, or things that my team doesn't have a system for or that kind of stuff. And, and that's the, where I'm brought in really. And when, when I'm brought in with my team, those are the kind of questions that are, are wrap all around that sort of stuff, Dan. And we, to have the conversations and go through sort of the idea of what we need to do to morph through those different things. And, um, and there's been a lot of them 
in in the last year because business isn't as usual anymore, right. you know, and it has changed. So we've I've spent a lot of my leadership time working through the things that were, you know, unusual that now are usual. So now we've put systems in place because that's the new usual so that I don't have to do them again. And I'm back into this rotation of dealing with what's new. And that's how the sort of the organizational structure of, of how I like to run my business and how, you know, the stuff that I work with for the people that I coach to, we try to sort of set that up. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it allows you that opportunity to work on that stuff, Dan, that, that's, that's sort of out of the normal, right? right. Bu- when business as usual takes your entire day, you don't have time to do that. And it becomes even more frustration. We feel these pressures coming down from the top, up from the bottom and from the sides, from our suppliers, from our team, from, like all these pressures are compounding in. And, you know, the, the biggest thing really there is to let go of the control, let, let go of the stuff that's controllable to somebody else to take the accountabilities and, and work from the leadership perspective on all those uncontrollables and help make them controllable. And when they're controllable, you're releasing again, and you have this system that, that uh, allows you to, you know, not be so frustrated, not be so tired, not be so worn out, which a lot of people are feeling because they're short staffed, they're short, you know, all these different things that we hear over and over and over again. So, yeah. So how did you transition from, you know, early in 19 from, Mm -hmm. from being that retail entrepreneur, into simplifying entrepreneurship? Like, how did that transition come about? Is it from, I'm asking the question and then asking another one, but yeah, did it come from, you know, a decade of learning in your own business and and really understanding how people and process, you know, could impact the day-to-day and allow you to rise above and spend more time on than in, you know, in that business as usual? Yeah, I think, you know, it starts with what you want out of life. And when we talk about best year ever, I'm doing a whole thing with simplifying entrepreneurship on my podcast about the best year ever too. And it starts with sort of what do you want out of your life? And, um, you know, I'm happy to share with any of your listeners here too. Mm. I've got a one page planner that I'm happy to share. It's free. Uh, It's just a download. We can put it in the links or whatever, but, you know, starts with that. And when entrepreneurship, when you're an entrepreneur, Dan, and I know you feel this uh, because we all do. Our businesses and our and our lives are tied together. They always are. People mm-hmm. say balance and all this stuff. And yeah, you know, there's balance and we try to balance things, but there's seasonality around our lives and our businesses that don't allow balance and understanding that you're not going to be able to balance every bucket of your life every day, every month, every year. And you just need to know how that ebbs and flows that allows you to kind of tie this stuff back in. So it all kind of starts there. So I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for out of my business. And over my 27 years of being a business owner, because I used to help service business, or I used to own a service business. I was a business broker, helping people buy and sell businesses. For the last 12 years, I've been a retailer as well. And I've got a couple of other things on the side. But, you know, from from that side of things, like I always, I always kind of knew what uh, I liked. I've got a pretty good business background. I've got a lot of experience behind me now. People always came to me, Dan, for saying like, hey, can you let's, can 
we have a conversation about this? Or what do you think about this? Or all of that sort of stuff. And I decided that, you know, when I look at my next future, as we come, we're sort of, as we're recording this, you know, early December, and I'm looking at the next year and I'm saying, you know, what do I want for my next year? Well, not only what do I want for my next year, but what do I want for my next 25 years? And my next 25 years, I want to have my retail operation running pretty much with clockwork. And it kind of does now. I, I don't have to be around all the time. I can leave. I'm going to take next week off, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's my business is running well, but I want to have it running clockwork. And if somebody leaves or if, if I need to jump back in, am I ready to jump back in? Sure. I am. It's my business. You know, it's not like I want to be completely gone or any of that sort of stuff, but nonetheless, it allows me the opportunity to, to do have it have these conversations, Dan, you know, um, and, and to have the conversations with my clients and to work through all that stuff, because I love business. And I, I've, I it's always been a big passion of mine around everything around business life, entrepreneurial life, um, you know, all growing you know, everything business. And it's just such an interesting thing to me. So I've developed a lot of my own concepts. I test them and I try them in my own stores, you know, and that's one of the things that's always a little bit frustrating to me is, is people that don't sort of operate other businesses and, and do other things and so that they can actually use some of the things that they teach and coach to. Um, and, you know, so it's, I, I really try and, and work through all of those things, um, in my own businesses, carve out some of the stuff so that I, when I take them back and we talk about them and all that sort of stuff, it's like, hey, I've already done this and I've already put it through with some of my clients. And, and this, is a, this is something that seems to have some uh, legs to it, you know? I think I'm a little bit like that as well. You know, I have a few different businesses. Yeah, I know you do. Um, and, you know, I get, I have this great fortune to work with a lot of really fabulous retailers. Yeah, so and so cool. even the things that I learn and, and I learn as much as I teach, I feel yeah. like, or, or yeah, coach, me too. Um, and I bring that back <laughs> into my other businesses. Yeah. You know, I take, I take things that really work well in some of my retail business and I take it back to the technology business sure. and I share that with, with the leadership team there. Yeah. And, and we have that ability to try, to fail, to, you know, improve. And I love, I love the idea of failing yeah. um, because it allows us to really understand how to make something better. Um, you know, and that comes from our, our good ability to measure things. And you, you talked about dashboard, yeah. you know, you look at your dashboard. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of a scorecard or a dashboard yeah. that, that flags the red. You know, I don't, I love to celebrate the green. Yeah, you know, I, you. I, I speed up when I see a yellow. I'm that guy. I'm that <laughs> driver. I'm, I'm an aggressive driver. Light turns yellow. I'm on the gas, not the brake. Um, and so I, I like the yellow, um, but I love the red yeah. because it allows us to dig deeper into the why something is happening. Um, and, and we use scorecards throughout yeah. every department and every business, whether it's the retail or the technology or the consulting business. You know, we use dashboards to tell yep. us a story. Uh, when did you start using dashboards in your business? Well, in my retail business, um, you know, when I when I bought our first shoe store back in 2010, um, even though it was 2010 and a lot of stuff was going on, uh, okay. the previous owners uh, still had like a literally a 32 um, column ledger that they hand wrote their sales in off their cash register and stuff. It was very old school. So we started, I mean, I, I, that's just not the way I operate. So literally 
you know, within a month of me taking over the store, we got into a point of sale system and a point of sale system is an awesome dashboard to start with. Right. Mm. There's there. I mean, there's just so many and it doesn't matter which one you use, but right. every point of sale system has a dashboard system. And, and if you don't have, if you're not looking at those kind of things, that's the first place to start. But for me, there's a lot more in a dashboard than just those numbers, your UPTs or IPTs, whatever you call them and your average sale and some of that right. kind of stuff. I mean, from your side of things with the inventory management, I mean, there's all this inventory management uh, side of, of the dashboard that we look at and we want, you know, our turns and all that, all that other stuff and our freshness and different things like that, you know, um, and, and, but there's these other things that we look at too. And we have on our dashboard things like open rate for our, uh, for our mm -hmm. emails that we're sending out. We have, you know, um, the actual dollar per email that's coming back in. We have a lot of things that are tagged into the dashboard of our email platform that we, we monitor and are looking at. We uh, look at sort of our Google conversions and analytics. We, we pull in all sorts of different things. We pull in, I have a, a, um, a dashboard. We have a monthly manager meeting that we had yesterday with our retail team and and we do it every single month for a half day. Uh, we offsite and we just sit down and, and go through all this sort of stuff. So it's pretty relevant to me right now as we're chatting. And we yesterday, we, we literally have this scorecard. Everybody knows it's going to be part of our meeting. We go through the scorecard and we do the green, yellow, and red. We go through it. And part of that's the sales. Part of it's our inventory. Part of it's our marketing. You know, part of it's our team. Mm -hmm. What's going on with our team? And, you know, how is our bench strength with our team so that we're rolling through it? Is everybody green or are there a couple people yellow is there somebody who's red you know right. like like we we go through the team side of things we go through systems and operations as well mm -hmm. and you know each of those things has its own dashboard some of the dashboards that we look at are daily like our point of sale you know, right. and some of them are weekly when we have our weekly one hour sit down as a management team. Some of them are monthly when we get together for four hours every month. And, you know, so we have different sort of segments of the dashboard that we've crafted and created and made our own over the last 10 years. And mm -hmm. I expect that they'll continue to change depending on what's needed. And, 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 you know, if we don't like one of the things we look at, one of the things on the dashboard is where, where's, you know, our payables, for example, you know, are we, are we under our goal is to be under 30 days. That's our goal. Right. You know um, you, you talked about failures. Well, a few years ago, we had a store failure, you know, we had to close the store. And our payables were up around 90 days with some of our clients because we didn't have the money at the time, which is why we, had, we closed the store. But now we're back down under 30 days where we want to be. But we tracked that the whole time over the last few years. And we're tracking all these metrics. We know where we were. We know where we want to be. We know all of those sort of things are, you know, we had way too much inventory because we had three stores. Now we're down to two stores. And how do we work through all that stuff? That was all done through dashboarding and, and understanding where we were and where we wanted to be and the gap that was in between. And, what we're, and then we have the decisions that we're having in those meetings is how are we going to close the gap? The Wealthy Retailer Podcast is brought to you by Canadian Retail Solutions. Learn more at retailbycrs.com. Right, right. And I think one of the, the greatest benefits to a scorecard or a dashboard is it allows you to look down on the business. It allows you to remove a bit of emotion and allow numbers to just tell the truth. It is what it is. And, it is. you know, some people say that that's the, you know, the scariest statement in the world. It is what it is. But the reality 
it, the, the reality truly is if you can look at a number and just accept the number for what it is, instead of trying to oppose the number, you know, it is what it is. Now let's go look at how do we fix it? And one of the other things that, that I like to look at because, you know, I'm, I'm a decade into a scorecard. I can go back and find periods that were worse than today. No matter how bad today is, I can look yeah. back in my history and say, okay, well, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. This is 2000. I mean, here's June 1st, 2010. Probably yeah. not the best period to be in, you know, in any business then. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe entrepreneurial coaching was okay back then. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we had some retail failures in 2010 yeah. as we yeah. worked through that, you know, bit of recessionary period. And I'm I was fortunate to be in Alberta. So we were a little bit delayed on the recession that came, you know, we were still on the, we were on the tail end of open your door and money fell in it, you know, which was really where, you know, Alberta lived for that 2007 through, you know, the early part of 10 yeah. and, and the dashboard or the scorecard allowed us to look down on the business and say, you know, here's the one area that we can focus on today, not the 10 areas. And I like to break my scorecard down by department. Yeah. No, I do have. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a student of the EOS. I I love. love I mean, I implement EOS. I love EOS. Yeah. I love it as a tool. I am I am not a pure implementer of EOS because it doesn't fit retail the way it fits other businesses. Agreed. Uh, but there are so many great tools and the ability to compartmentalize our our business and the way we do things are are things that I learned from you know from Gina Wickman and the entrepreneurial yeah. operating system. Likewise. Uh, you know, that, that, that give us that great opportunity to look down on the business objectively and as, a, as perhaps a board of directors say, here, this, this department's not performing the way it should. Let's really start to break it apart. And dashboards allow us to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, we went through our uh, two-page dashboard with EOS yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's part of our monthly meeting, right? It's like, okay, we're going through strategy and, and you know, the first page and the second page. I don't, I, we digitize the second page for the most part now, yeah. uh, but, you know, we still kind of go through it and, and have all those things. Uh, so yeah, a big believer around all of those formats. And I think the big takeaway with that, that is that you have a system, whatever the system is, mm -hmm. and that you're reviewing those things and that you're, you you know, um, a great book that just came out uh, right now from uh, strategic coach, uh, you know, founder Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy is called The Gap in the Game and uh, just released, I think, last month. And um, from that perspective, it's an old concept from Dan, but uh, they've re released this new book. And and it's that it's the gap in the gain. It's it's how far, like you said, you're looking back at how far you've come as right. opposed to looking ahead and saying, oh my God, I'll never get there, right? right? But using dashboards allows us the opportunity to go through that kind of stuff and say, hey, listen, you know, this is, we've done well, we've come so far. Yeah, we've got a couple of yellows. Yeah, we've got a red or two. But look at how much is green and, and where are we going? And we're going to get there. Are you a believer that without red, we don't push ourselves? To a certain degree. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, it just depends on where you're at and where you're sitting. And I think we can create red if you need to be pushed. Mm -hmm. Because you can add something in there that you're saying, okay, we've got to, you know, this is, you know, it, it just depends on how you dashboard that stuff. Right. Really, um, right. And how, how you manipulate, because you can always find things if you want to find them. Right. Um, and it depends on what the overall goals are for, because not everybody just has a goal of, 
selling more and, and doing more. I mean, uh, as entrepreneurs, True. that's the thing that I was telling you about as far as the coupling of our lives and our businesses. Sometimes it's like, okay, well, you know what? The business is doing really well. And for my personal dashboard as a leader, maybe I want to spend more time away. Maybe I want to take a, a vacation for two months this year. So I'm not going to put anything into red so that I actually have the ability uh, to control my time. I mean, we're entrepreneurs. We got in business right. because we actually want to live the lives that we want to live and have our businesses give us that. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, it just sort of depends on the season uh, and what the goals are. And I think people get mired down in the frustration of just just this everydayness of we need to we need to sell more we need to sell more we need to sell more and that's all there is to it. Well, not for everybody. And right. uh, and that's that's an interesting sort of aside, I guess, with regards to your entrepreneurial life. And I think um, you know one of the one of the philosophies that I fall back on is that vision building, you know, the direction that you're going has to satisfy you yeah. before it can ever satisfy the business. And, you know, one of the mistakes I believe that, that are contained within EOS is that it is solely focused on the growth of the business, not the growth of the entrepreneur. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I work in that, in that entrepreneurial coaching world. And I always stop people when they get to a you know, business, business, business. Well, hold on a second. What do you want? Before we can plan where your business needs to go in the next three, five, 10 years, we have to know where you want to go. Yeah. Because the business has to feed that. You're the only one that feels you know, the true reward for the risk that we put out there as entrepreneurs. And I, I make light of entrepreneurs being 200 bucks from living on the street, but that's how entrepreneurs live. That's how we thrive yeah. is by that belief. And, and truthfully, we are not all in that position. No. In fact, the majority of us don't live in that position, but we don't, that doesn't mean that we don't act that way. Everything for us is, is a bit critical. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in complete alignment uh, with you there, Dan. And, you know, I, I, every, every entrepreneur that I work with, that's where we start. We start with what do you want out of your life? That's mm -hmm. literally the starting point of everything. And they're like, well, what do you mean? like some of them, right? Yes. Because they're, they've been mired down for the last five, 10 years in this idea that we just have to grow the business. We just have to grow the business. And it's like, okay, well, let's, let's pause and, and step for a second about the idea that, the business is supposed to support your life and your legacy and the things that you want out of that. And if it doesn't, then are you in the right business? Right. And, yeah. you know, there's because it's your business, but it's your life. And that's the difference between working. And that's why I love working with entrepreneurs, the owners, as opposed to the management team. I don't do a lot of work with management teams and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I work with the entrepreneurs themselves because they, then, then we get down to crafting what's the life they want so that we can build the business underneath them to support that. And understanding what you truly want is a big thing that people haven't given enough thought to. And as we're at this sort of, you know, typically the, the, turn of a new year, we start thinking a little bit about that and then forget about it. And a mm -hmm. lot of people forget about it the rest of the year. But if you're at that sort of stage right now where you're thinking about that stuff, think about how your business supports your lifestyle as opposed to just what you want to do with your business. I think that's a, that's a great point you brought up there, Dan. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, most, most, I'm, I'm very much like you. I work more with the owners than ever with the management team. There are some that, 
some of my entrepreneurial leaders, I, I end up with their management team yeah, um, through consequence. But I, for the most part, I'm working with an owner and, and sometimes have to pull them back away from the business to say, hold on a second. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter what we're paying someone or how much we're paying someone or, you know, let's get away from that. Let's look at how this feeds our life. In fact, yesterday, I'm in a, in a conversation with leaders that are saying, you know, Dan, um, you know, we doubled our business last year. We doubled again this year. Wow. And you kept telling us there's going to be money, but there's, there's still no money in the bank. And I'm like, hold on a second. Let's take a step back. Look at how your life has changed. Yeah. You know, look at, look at the house you live in, the car you drive, the people that sit at your table. You know, your business didn't just double, your team doubled. And now you're supporting 20 other families with your business. And yeah. so we've got to sort of get, be less insular thinking and rise above and really look at, wow, what has the impact been, you know, in the last two years or three years or four yeah. years as we've, as our lives have changed because of our business our business. So yeah, yeah, we are, we are in alignment. So let's talk a little bit about simplifying entrepreneurship. Yeah, cool. So, so how did it come about? What, what made you, what pulled the trigger for you to say, I'm starting this practice. I'm going to create this practice yeah. and I'm going to go and share this message. What was it? Well, it was, it was part of what we just talked about, part of the life plan. Yeah. And the life plan for me is that I want to have basically a turnkey business um, operating so that I can, uh, you know, I mean, it's not as easy to travel from Canada now as, as when I laid this thing out, but it's like, Hey, listen, if I want to go away for a month and, um, you know, what, if I want to live in Costa Rica for January, my business will still run. And right. whether it's my Shootopia business or whether it's my, I can, as long as I have internet, I can have these conversations like we're right. having now. It doesn't matter where I live. So that idea about, you know, um, I'm 50, uh, almost 51. And as I look at my next 25 years, I have no intention on retiring, like zero. Uh, and, you know, but I do want to work because I want to work and where I want to work. Mm -hmm. So in the setting up of that over the next five to 10 years, it's just like, I want to, to lay this out and things take time, Dan. They take time for this they stuff do. to progress. And, and, uh, and, and I know that, and I'm okay with that. So it's like, okay, I'm going to start this thing and get it going. And then I became a business made simple certified coach, which is another thing um, on, on the side that I do and different tools that I have and all that sort of stuff. So in alignment with the growth of that, and then it's like, okay, let's, let's get out. And, and speaking is a big part of uh, my future as well. And it's been harder to arrange stages these days. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's it, all of these things, uh, in, and I'm in no rush. This is my 25 year future. Right. So if it doesn't happen this year, it's like, I got 24 more years to, to work on this. I, right. I'm good with that. So, you know, a lot of this kind of thing is how I've aligned it. So uh, my feeling was that I really need to get Shootopia turnkey in, in its turnkey fashion so that I have the accountabilities in place. My team is, is basically running the business and I can, um, we, before we hopped on, I just mentioned to you that um, in the last seven months, we've had six of our best ever months out of seven yeah. best ever, which like I'm Crazy. thrilled about. And I have been less involved in the business in those last six months than I ever have before. Okay. So, so just repeat that. Just yeah. repeat that for people. Yeah. yeah. So because I've set the systems up the t and, and all of the things that I talk to and coach to, because I've set those up and have set them up for years now and working through that stuff, 
over the last seven months, six of seven have been our best ever months. And I have been less involved than ever as the leader of the business. Mm. I have my meetings. I do my things. I'm involved in decisions, major decisions, not minor ones. Right. Um, I would say that realistically in my retail operations, I put an average of 10 hours a week in. Yeah, good for you. Retailers, you've got to listen to listen to Pete here. This is, you know, six of six, seven of the best months ever. And I'm less consumed by the day to day. And I'm I'm making bigger decisions, not little decisions. This is all about our ability to delegate. This is all about our ability to let go. And, you know, I will often say to retailers, just let them swim. Let them swim. It's not let them sink. It's let them swim. Leave them go. Let, you know, we hire people because they're better than we are. And every time we hire someone that we have to teach how to do their job, we've made a mistake. They they need to teach us how to do it better. And and that's got to be about good hiring. And clearly, you've made good hiring decisions. That This doesn't mean that you're not there to coach people. Coaching is different. You know, I, I lean on hockey a little bit. You know, Connor McDavid's coach isn't teaching him how to play the game. Connor's teaching, you know, Tippett how to play the game. Dave's there to inspire him, to keep him motivated, to help him, you know, to coach a system in place. But, you know, that kid has the skill to outrun you know, whatever Dave has to offer. And that's the way that we need to look at it. We go hire superstars and then, you know, we, we inspire them to be better every day. We don't teach them how to be better. We inspire them to be better. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, we're coming up to the Olympics again here. We are. And, you know, there's not a uh, coach in the Olympics that is, uh, you know, skiing down that hill in in the actual race or taking a face off in the game or, you know, any of the activities that are happening at the Olympics in another couple of months here in China are going to happen by the coach. The coach is there beside the person that's running the race. Mm -hmm. And that's what I look at my job as a leader is to be there to help in the decisions and to work through some of what I call the uncontrollables, you know, uh, the control once, once I, once we've dealt with the uncontrollables, put them into the controllable bucket, then we systematize that stuff and, and assign accountability. Assign accountability, 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 accountability. I mean, the key to any level of success in any business is someone that's accountable. Accountability means that I own it. It's my number. I own it. And whether it's a number or a system or a process, that someone owns that, you know, whose eyes to look into and, And and they know who, how you're held accountable. Yeah. And as business owners, Dan, you know, are we accountable for the entire thing? Sure we are. It's our business, right? Mm-hmm. So if we need to dig back in, we're going to dig back in, you know, and all of that stuff. But ultimately, when you talk about those numbers, it's like, I just need to know the accountability numbers from each of the my accountability right. partners. And that's the dashboard that we're just, we had the conversation. Right. That's a dashboard. What's the accountability number for our, our account accounting? What's the accountability number for our sales, our marketing, you know, and what are those that are unique to your business? They're different for everybody. I mean, we, right. as retailers, we have certain ones, but even within your business they are different within the business, but know them, understand who's accountable for them so that you can have the conversations around them. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's important to recognize. We're not always, um, and, and retailers, 
there are tried and true. There are age old metrics that get used in retail. But I'm going to say the best metrics are the ones that we create today, not the ones that were used 25 years ago in retail. There's been an evolution. And to your point, we look at our dashboard differently today than we probably ever did. Yes, in inventory, we have metrics that have been used for a long time. But in the last two or three years, we've introduced new metrics into inventory that tell a better story. It's not just about gross margin return on investment anymore. Yeah. It's maybe a little bit more about cash margin return on investment. And, and how does our cash margin perform versus our gross margin? Yeah. You know, there are new metrics that can be looked at. And I think that to the degree we can analyze business differently and create new metrics, we move the needle faster. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So good on you. Pete, I have to tell you, man, I love this conversation. Probably could go on forever. Tell us a little bit more about simplifying entrepreneurship, how people find you. And absolutely, listeners, we will include um, Pete's white paper link in um, with this podcast and, of course, in the weekly newsletter for CRS. But yeah, Pete, give us a little more. How do we find you? Cool. So pretty simple. Uh, just Google simplifying entrepreneurship and you'll find me. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on uh, uh, on um, Instagram at Pete Moore, P-E-T-E-M-O-H-R is the last, uh, the correct spelling of the word more is what I'll say. Yes. Everybody always goes to M-O-O-R-E and I said, no, 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 that's the incorrect one. It's M-O-H-R is the correct one. You know, you should know that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, simplifyingentrepreneurship.com and, you know, the Simplifying Entrepreneurship podcast, I mean, it's all there uh, from that perspective, pretty easy to find and, um, you know, happy to, uh, you know, provide, we talked a little bit earlier about the one page planner, I can provide yeah. you a link to that because it's a good thing for this time of year. The other thing I think, Dan, um, which would be interesting is a, uh, it's about a 12 minute business assessment through Business Made Simple and it's free. Uh, it takes you about 12 minutes to do, and it'll spit you back literally. And I'll include the link for this one too. Mm -hmm. It spits you back this awesome between 45 and 60 page document of, and, and it, it, it's, it's the same sort of thing at red flags and green flags, the different areas around your business, stuff you're doing supremely well and really feeling good about. And the other things that you may want to think about working on for the next year. So at this time of year, as we are planning all that stuff, it's like, okay, well, maybe I do need to work a little bit about this. Maybe I need to figure out some stuff and get some information and roll ahead with some of these things. And here are the things that I'm, like you said earlier in the podcast, really feeling good about. And yeah. it gives you both of that too. Yeah, awesome. Uh, listeners, uh, please head over to uh, Simplifying Entrepreneurship. Listen to the podcast. Pete's got a great podcast over there. Absolutely share this podcast with people you know. Um, if you're not already subscribed to the weekly Canadian Retail Solutions newsletter, make sure you get subscribed over there. This podcast and every podcast is highlighted there. Uh, Pete's information, bio, white papers, and the links that we're talking about will be there. Pete, thank you so much. Really enjoyed the chat. Can't wait to chat again soon. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks so much, Dan. Looking forward to having you on the Supplying Entrepreneurship Podcast in the new year too. Yes, I am looking forward to it. Retailers, have a great week and we'll catch with you uh, next week. <laughs>